so much for uh, tuning in to this Bible study. Today we're going to do a pretty serious Bible study and I'm hoping that you will get your Bibles and we will get into the Word today and read. And it's really important that we read this Word together. Also, I want to offer an opportunity for those of you who have not yet accepted the faith to definitely um, receive Christ. We're going to have that opportunity for you at the end of this uh, broadcast. Um, So let's go ahead and jump right into this Bible study. Um, The name of this Bible study is The Reaping. It's a very uh, important one specifically for us as believers because the Bible talks about three kinds of fruit um, and harvest. And the first kind of fruit is the harvest. I'm sorry, the first fruit is the fruit of the Spirit. Um, And then the other is the harvest of souls, and the other um, is the fruits worthy of repentance. And so I think it's important for us to understand these three fruits, and we're going to look at them today because they're absolutely pivotal in our lives. So we're going to first look at uh, James chapter 5 verse 4. Definitely get your Bible. We're going to read the anchor text. It says, Behold, the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your field, which is of you, kept back by fraud, cries, and the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. You have lived in pleasure on the earth and been wanton. You have nourished your hearts as in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed the just, and he does not resist you. Be patient, therefore, brothers, to the coming of the Lord. Behold, the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, and has long patience for it, until he receive the early and latter rain. Be you also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draws near. Grudge not one against another, brothers, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge stands before the door. And I think this is a powerful anchor text because it's talking about some things um, that happen in our world. Um, And it talks about, and I I want to sort of um, focus on the fact that it talks about farmers, it talks about harvest, it talks about reaping, it talks about fruit. And the Bible is full of this throughout. You can find this kind of uh, speech, this kind of, you know, examples and it is part of the fact that they lived in agrarian society so that meant everyone was a farmer of sorts and so people could more readily understand the Lord's um, parables when he put it this way but I think also another reason why he did it is because many times we don't understand how the kingdom of heaven works and he's trying to give us an example here on earth you know you have to remember that the Lord he's pattering a lot of things that we see in the natural off of things that are happening in the spiritual and then we can use those to help us understand the way the Lord is working. So he's told us right now, he's talking about laborers who have reaped down the field and their wages have been held back by fraud. He talks about, you know, how people have been um, unjustly killed and that the the innocent has not resisted you. So he's talking about a time when a lot of bad things are happening. And he's telling people, he's telling his believers to be patient, that they're be patient like a farmer, understanding that the rain has to come, the early and the latter rain has to come before, what is it we're waiting for? The reaping. And that's something you have to understand in your own life, no matter where you are. There's going to be that early and latter rain. There's going to be the patience of waiting for the fruit to come. And if you look through 
throughout the creation there's always fruit always that is how the world continues itself now you know in our science we have this idea of vegetables and fruit you know and 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 herbs and things like that but in the bible there is this idea that everything that comes from another to create a new generation is fruit everything that is birthed from a living thing whether it's the fruit of the womb you can find this in the bible everywhere where it's you know uh, the fruit of our actions uh, different things it's fruit so the lord uses that for us to understand what he's talking about he's talking about the reason he named all of these different terrible things that were going on is because he's trying to help you to understand is seed time and harvest the reaping is the harvest and we have to decide right now what is it that we're going to sow so that we can know what it is that we're going to reap. I want you to remember something. John the Baptist said something really interesting, and you can find that in Matthew chapter 9, verse 37. And he looked to his disciples when he actually said this. So I think it's really powerful that John the Baptist is saying this to his disciples. And he said, um, I'm sorry, actually, we're going to go to what Jesus said. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray you therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. So it's important for us to understand right here that we see another example of harvest. We see an example of God talking about a harvest of souls. So we're looking here and seeing more examples of, of, of a harvest of souls. So in order for there to be a harvest, there has to have been a sowing, a time of sowing that went in. Harvest is reaping. What he's saying is he needs laborers or reapers to go into the vineyard and to harvest those souls. They're already there. They just need to be harvested. Like all fruit, in order to harvest fruit, it simply means you're taking it off of the vine. You're collecting it, harvesting, you're reaping it. Um, so this isn't a thing where you go out and you're, you're trying to create fruit. You're actually going out to get it. So we know that in the end times, there's going to be a harvest of souls. And it is a harvest of souls now. Um, people who are needing the Lord and, you know, um, they're at a point where they're ready to be harvested, where they need to hear the word of God, where they need to hear the pure, unadulterated word of God. And I think sometimes in an effort to be seeker friendly, to be friendly, to be non-threatening, to be all of these things, we miss our opportunity to really reap. God asks us to go out there and reap. And that means sometimes you use a sharp sickle in order to bring out the fruit and bring out the harvest and the grain. So we have to know that the word of God is also thought of as a sword. It is considered a sword. So we're using that to reap. And I want us to understand the importance of us really kind of hanging on to the very uh, definite principles in the Bible in order to achieve what God wants us to achieve in our lives. Um, we can go on to Matthew chapter 3, verse 5, um, where it says, Then went out to him Jerusalem, and all Judea, and all the region round about Jordan, and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said to them, O generation of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits, meat, 
repentance. And think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say to you that God is able of these stones to raise up children to Abraham. And now also the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which brings not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water to repentance, but he that comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He asks them in this text to bring forth fruits meet or fit for repentance. He's literally telling them, I need you to bring forth the fruits that are suitable, that are fit for repentance. What are those? We see that in action. We see that in an attitude. We see that in the way a person changes. Remember, to become a believer, you have to repent. That means repenting means turning completely away from the bad thing that you were doing. And any of us who have been believers, we understand what that is. It means a complete turning away from. And he's saying in order for you to show the fruits of the fact that you turned away, you have to show fruits that you turned away. Fruits of repentance means something that proves that you actually did turn away from what it is that you did. And a lot of times, you know, there's this really great saying that says um, the best um, indicator of, of um, you know, forget uh, the best indicator of uh, or the best way to say sorry is change behavior. And I think that's really what the Lord is saying here in this. If you want to show that you have changed, that you have repented of the thing that you have done, you have to show fruits that are worthy of repentance. Those fruits would be, you would have to show that you're not keeping back the wages from the laborer. You you would have to show that you're not, you know, killing or hurting the innocent. You would have to show that you're not committing fraud and stealing, etc., which the generation has been doing. He's speaking directly to a generation, and he's saying, if you want to come here, because people were coming to that pool to repent, they were coming to be prepared for the coming of our Lord. John the Baptist was baptizing them. He said it in that text, I'm baptizing you with water, but the Holy Spirit is going to baptize you with fire. There's someone coming after me. He's telling them that there is a reaping that's going to occur. He's preparing these souls for a harvest. And here you have these other people coming. They are saying, you know, we're coming to your baptism too. But he's asking these religious folk to really turn themselves and say, bring forth fruit that shows that you're actually repentant. Don't just come and say, I, I'm sorry, I, I repent. Sorry is really not good enough in the Bible. And we learn that through his word. He doesn't just ask us to repent. He asks us to change our behavior. He asks us to change our mind. He asks, he asks us to produce fruit that is worthy of repentance. And that is why that uh, verse is just so powerful. I want to give you an example of what God intends when he wants to see fruit. Let's, let's go to when Jesus cursed the tree. Do you remember that, that verse? It's in Mark chapter 11, verse 12. And I'm going to read. It says, And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And 
And Jesus answered and said to it, No man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. And he dis- and his disciples heard it. Now, if you know this scripture, you know that um, that you know this tree of it. They come back, and this tree is actually like shriveled when they come back to it. And they're like, "Wow, he cursed the tree for not bringing forth, you know, fruit." And I want to understand to the fig tree four figs, even though it was not in its season to have figs. I mean, that seems kind of unusual, don't you think? and yet he asks this fig i'm sorry this tree for figs i think that's a powerful thing because we see that principle once again in the earth working where the lord comes to receive something from you know just like that um just like the man who uh, was actually a, you know, went away and he came back and he said, "You knew I was a hard man and I reap where I did not sow." I want us to remember those concepts again and again because remember he answered. The Bible says he answered, and I want you to remember. Why would they say he answered the tree? Why would they say he answered? Why wouldn't they just say he said to the tree? But it says no. It says he's answered, but the tree doesn't speak. But it does. Its state of not having fruit in fruit is saying something to all his his state of not having fruit for the master is saying something therefore when jesus came and didn't find fruit he cursed it we see that principle again and again and we're going to see that again in matthew chapter 13 we're going to start at verse 11 i'm going to read this now and he said and he answered and said to them because it is given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven but to them it is not given For whoever has, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whoever has not, from him shall be taken away, even that he has. These are powerful principles we absolutely need to understand what the Lord is saying. He's saying something very powerful about the kingdom of heaven, and we have not yet grasped it. It means God is so precise that he believes he can get something from you, even if you're not in season. He expects his fruits of repentance. He expects you to get it. Now remember, God is very merciful. He's very merciful. He is patient. He is waiting. He's like a farmer. But at some point, he's going to demand those fruits of repentance. Let's go on to the fruits of the Spirit. Because remember, I told you there are three kinds of fruits. One of those kinds of fruits is um, the fruit of the Spirit. And that's something that believers are supposed to have. Now let's read in Galatians. We're going to go to chapter 5 and we're going to start at verse 22. And it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. God calls peace, love, temperance, goodness, etc. All of that, he calls it fruit. But I want to point out something really very interesting. But envy, strife, lust, hatred, he calls those works, works of the flesh. These are things that you receive wages for. I want us to understand that there's a different kind of operation going on in the world versus in the spirit. Asking for us, he's asking from us in the spirit, he's asking for fruit. But when it comes to the flesh, there's works. So the Lord is saying these works get these kinds of wages. 
So we're talking about a different system here, one where you put in the work and then you get the wage. Whereas with fruit, we're talking about something that produces naturally from you. A tree can't help producing fruit. It's just supposed to produce fruit. And if it doesn't produce fruit, we know something is wrong with that tree. We know something is wrong with that bush. So when we look at the scripture uh, in Galatians 5, 5, 22 and 23, we understand it that he's talking about fruit. Fruits and harvest. Now remember this, in fruits and with harvest, you get to eat it yourself. You directly receive from it. Think about that. Now he's talking about fruits of the spirit. These are fruits that you actually get to enjoy. He is demanding of you to have fruits that you enjoy. A lot of people get confused about tithing and offerings and things of that nature when in actuality people only turn those things into money when they were on a long journey and they could not find animals you know to actually sacrifice but you were supposed to sacrifice them and then you were supposed to eat that with the um, priest supposed to give the priest a portion you're supposed to eat a portion you're going to burn a portion you know and then you're going to give to the poor as well i think we forget those really important concepts you know by getting entangled up in law remember the lord yes he created the law but what was his underlying purpose his underlying purpose was your heart was the spirit he's not looking for the fruits in your backyard or in your farm he's looking for the fruits in your heart in your life and the way that you live it goes the same way we're not on that natural plane anymore we're going toward the spiritual that's why the word of god is so important because now we're on the spiritual side now we're on the spot side where the word of god is not written on stones and tablets it's not housed in an ark and a temple somewhere it's housed inside of you you are the temple the bible says you know so we have to remember that there's this law of sowing and reaping and that is where god chose to put the fruits of the spirit this idea of of the things that come from the spirit because of obedience to him and listening to his word and doing his word so let's go ahead down to Galatians 6 and 7. This is a very powerful verse. It says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. The Bible is clearly saying this. In this verse, he's saying, Don't let anyone deceive you. That's literally what he's saying. Don't let anyone tell you that that's not so. Because a lot of times we have these ideas about the universe and what we can put out and what we can decide. But the Bible is telling us clearly, don't let people, no matter what religion they may be, no matter what they, science they may believe in, no matter what their motive or agenda is, don't let them deceive you into believing that whatever you sow, you will not reap. That is what he's saying. And that is so, I think that is so powerful. That's one of the things that I think was really driven home to me when I was a young child, that whatever you're putting out there, that's coming back. It's coming back. You can't throw a seed in the ground and not expect a harvest. And that is what the Bible is telling us about the word of God. You know, whether we're in the word of God or whether we're not, you cannot reap fruit from someplace you did not sow. That goes the same way with the word of God. It goes the same way with your family. It goes the same way with, with anything. There is going to be a reaping for whatever it is you sowed. And that's just a fact. There is no confusion there. Let's go down to Galatians 6 and 8. It says, For he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap 
corruption. But he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Think about that. He's telling us more about this harvesting. He's telling us that when we sow to the flesh, we're going to reap corruption. Why will we reap corruption if we sow to the flesh? Why is that? Because in the flesh is no good thing. And in the flesh is what? In the flesh is corruption. So if you sow to the flesh, you get corruption back. That's just as simple as that. If you sow to the spirit, you get life back. Why is it that when you sow to the spirit, you get life back? is because the spirit is life it is the light of the world that is what we have to come to understand wherever you're putting your seed in where are you putting in your seeds where are you putting in your seeds you are going to reap in due season and when you do whatever it is that you decided to put out that is what you will get back the bible tells us do not be deceived if you sow it you will reap it if you give it, you will get it. There is a principle here too. I want you to remember that in John 15 and 4, it says that the only way we continue to bear fruit is that we remain in Christ. Do you remember that? I'm going to read that right now. In John 15, 1 will start there. It says, I am the true vine and my father is the farmer. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you accept you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that stays in me, and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. For if you abide in me, and my word abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done to you. It's absolutely impossible. It's absolutely important for us to understand this concept. Once again, the Lord is talking about fruit in its season. He's talking about harvest. He's talking about fruit. And he's being very plain with us. He becomes very plain and open with us when he's having this conversation. He talks about it. He says, look, I'm going to be plain with you. You want to know who the farmer is? The farmer is my father. You want to know who the vine is? The vine is me. Do you see? He's telling you right now how that works. He's telling you that you are a branch. You are a branch. And as a branch, you must bear fruit. You must bear fruit. If a branch on a tree is not bearing fruit, farmers cut the branch off and they throw it away. Think about that clearly. And the Bible says down in John 15, 3, it says, Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. It's that word, people. It's that word. You have to be reading that word. You have to be studying that word. Studying the word is not just reading it. Studying the word is like studying. You know how you go to school and you sit down and you read and you cross-reference and you underline? and you figure things out and you find meanings and you learn what the pronunciation is and etc. You learn the context, you go back. 
that is what you have to do with the word of God. The Bible says we are to rightly divide the word of truth. His word is truth. He, he is the one that is going to give us enlightenment. And if we're going to produce any fruit in our life, if we're going to produce any fruit, and you know we all want our fruit to be good, then that means we have to abide in him. Because if we don't abide in him, then that means we are not going to be able to produce fruit. It's just a fact. You're not going to be able to produce fruit if you do not abide in him. Remember that. He's asking us to understand this fact. He's asking us to come to that conclusion. So how do we abide in him? We live in his word. His word must abide in you. He could have said the spirit, but he said the word. You need to be rooted in the word. Remember what and who the word is. In John 1 chapter, I'm sorry, in John chapter 1 verse 1, we can find out. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word, uh, I'm sorry, and the word was with God, and the word was God. When we bring forth fruit, the Lord is glorified. So the fruits of repentance are important. That indicates, yes, I am a believer. I'm engrafted in. When we bring forth fruits of the Spirit, that is fruits that we get to enjoy, that we get to sup from, that we get to share with our brothers and sisters in Christ. That is the fruit of the Spirit. And the only way we produce any kind of fruit is if we remain in Him. We abide in His Word. He didn't say abide in my spirit. He said abide in my Word. Are we living? Let's just take out the fancy, you know, old English and just say if we live or reside in His Word. That's what He's saying. Do you live and reside in the Word of God? What He's saying, what He's doing? It's going to show. It's going to show. And when we look and understand that, you know, when we bring forth fruit, that it glorifies the Lord, we can actually back that up. Where can we find that? We can find that in John chapter 15, verse 8. It says, herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall be be my disciples. Think about that. He wants you not just to bear fruit, but he wants you to bear much fruit, much fruit. So if you're going to bear much fruit, you're going to need to live in his word. You're going to have to follow his word. You're going to have to acknowledge him in all of your ways in order to produce any fruit. And that's how you glorify him. If you want to glorify the father, if you want, is that you bear much fruit. And how do you bear much fruit? You have to abide in his word. It's, you know, the Bible gives us answers. A lot of times we're not as clear on what those answers are because there's so many words and there's so many texts and it can seem confusing, but we can distill things down to the very basic facts. You need to abide in his word. You need to study his word. You need to understand his word. You need to understand that the reaping is real. Whatever you sow, that you will reap. Are you sowing his word into your spirit? Are you sowing his word into your mind? If you're not doing that, you cannot reap good because it's just not there. The word is a seed. If you're not sowing it into your spirit, if you're not sowing it there deliberately and purposefully, then how can you expect fruit? It, it just isn't possible. And he's given us this understanding of seed time and harvest and reaping in our own natural world so that we can understand the spirit world just a bit better. And I want to encourage you wherever you are to truly get into your Bible. 
it's quarantine time or whatever you're going to have a little bit more time on your hands and even if you don't let's say you're an essential worker or let's say things are coming back i want you to take the time to really carve out time to study the word i'm not asking you to read chapter after chapter but i'm asking you to study and to understand understand that word so it can be sown in your heart and understand the reaping is very real it's very real there will be seed time and there will be harvest we get to choose what we sow do you remember in the bible where he tells the children of israel choose you this day he even gives them the answer and says choose life we get to choose life do you know how people will know that you chose life they'll know by the fruits that are suitable for repentance so i want to thank you guys so much for tuning in i hope you understand that the reaping is real and don't forget to reach out to me and you can do that by going to and supporting me at patreon and that's patreon.com forward slash l winston and you can also join my devotional list and that link is actually in the description so i want to thank you so much and for those of you who have not yet made a commitment to our lord i'm going to give you an opportunity right after this broadcast again thank you guys so much for tuning in i pray that the lord opens the word to you and you begin to truly sow that word in your soul and your spirit and that you're able to not only produce fruit and reap a beautiful harvest but you're also able to join in the harvest of souls in these end times and in the times when we need to reach out to people so much more thank you so much god bless you For being a part of the One Love Live Love Walk Bible Study. I appreciate you. But perhaps you've stumbled onto this Bible study and you're not yet become a believer. I want to encourage you to take the time to accept the Lord Christ into your life. I want you to know that if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that the Lord Jesus is Lord, that you will be saved. If you can go ahead with me, close your eyes and pray. Oh Lord, I pray right now that you would forgive me of my sins. I will repent of my sins right now. That is, I will turn away from all the sins that I have done from before until now. And I want to seek to follow you. Lord, open my eyes and my heart to your truth. I accept you into my heart as my Lord and Savior. And I accept the Holy Spirit as the comforter and guide in my life. Continue to lead me. And I thank you so much for hearing my prayer. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. If you prayed that prayer, then you are now a believer. And I want you to believe in your heart. And if you have a chance, reach out to me and let me know that you receive the Lord. There's ways that you can contact me if you look in the description of this uh, Bible study. And I look forward to hearing from you and helping you on your love walk. Don't forget to sign up for our devotional emails so that you can be encouraged in your faith and grow. God bless you. Hi there. 
My name is Leela Winston, and I am the host of One Love Live here at Love Walk, where we come together and we study the Bible uh, to find practical solutions to our everyday problems in our lives. And I wanted to come here to give you an opportunity if you are an advertiser and you would like to um, tell the world about your product or service, you can get a 60 second or 30 second slot at this broadcast. Now, guys, as you know, this is a religious broadcast, so I cannot do advertisements or sponsorships that do not fit within the context of a believer's life. So if you have resources or uh, services or products that you think would be edifying to the body of Christ, even if you also have a podcast and you'd like to advertise that here, I would be happy to share that with listeners. You can reach out to me, check out the link in the description, and you can also contact me um, at the link below. There's a little contact section and you can leave me a message. So thanks so much. Don't forget to follow me on social media. And I, I am at twitter.com forward slash one love live. That's O-N-E-L-U-V-L-I-V-E. Thanks so much. God bless and I look forward to hearing from you. Bye.